I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute. And if you're new, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. I'm just going to say right off the bat, I would love if you left me a five-star rating and a written review. I will send you a Kinda Cute sticker if you just slide into my DMs on Bailey Evan or at Kinda Cute Podcast on Instagram. Also, feel free to follow me at baileyevan.com or at baileyevan on YouTube. So glad we got that out of the way early on this time. Got some updates for you, as usual. So it's official that Bill Hader and Rachel Bilson are dating they publicly attended the golden globes together so i'd say it's pretty a fish guys another thing i watched the premiere of vanderpump rules and i'm into it i i was really skeptical of new blood being brought in because they've kind of brought on three new featured characters and my story of this is that it just Again, you know I love a full circle moment. And I'm sure I've mentioned this story before, but now that I've watched the premiere of this episode, it takes on new meaning. So when I was in LA, I obviously dragged my mom to Sir, the whole deal, Pump, Tom Tom, all of them, fantastic. I mean, awful, but fantastic. Tom Tom was legitimately good, but the rest of them were trash. But Peter was working at Sir. I've always thought he's kind of the only one who legitimately, like, still works there and has worked there all along so he's the manager of sir and he was there so I was like oh you guys know I go into interview mode when I think I have an in with a celebrity and I was already wasted at this point like the night that my mom and I had dinner after this I don't really remember that dinner and it was at night market which is like this really cool Thai restaurant in LA barely remember any of it because I was so drunk by the time I was talking to Peter and my mama after I like sat down she's like you were chatting him up I wasn't like I was like I was not chatting him up I was trying to get the juicy juice okay and by juicy juice I mean the gossip okay so I asked him I think my exact question was how are the people who work at TomTom do you know them you know is there any good info you can give me about it and he pretty much unprompted said that the manager of TomTom is a douche those are his exact words there can't be a slander defamation case on this because he said the manager of Tom Tom is a douche. And at the time I was like, okay, I don't know who the manager is. I don't care. This doesn't mean much to me. But lo and behold, the manager of Tom Tom is one of what seems to be the main characters on this season of Vanderpump Rules. His name is Max. For some reason, all the girls seem to be into him, and he seems like the quintessential fuckboy. Like, I thought I knew who the quintessential fuckboy was before I watched this episode, but it gave it a whole new meaning for me. Like, every time I thought Jax was bad, no, Max Max is worse in my mind. Like, he's just so cringe and gross, and I just feel like he doesn't have respect for women. And if I'm picking that up on a 30-minute episode, like, that doesn't bode well, dude. Because trust me, I you know what they say about editing, and I know certain reality stars have their seasons where they're painted to look good or bad or whatever. But I swear, I really think this first episode of him, he is destined to be worse than Jax. Like, I don't think he has a soul. I think he might be a sociopath. So those are our updates for this week. If you watch Vanderpump Rules, tell me what you thought. And let's get into our first article of the day. First up, we got Model Says Her Nudes Raised $700,000 for Australian Fire Relief by Madeline Aguilar. I could be wrong, but I don't think we've talked about an influencer in a while, so I thought it was time to bring that back. 
And today we have a model slash online sex worker whose name is Kaylin Ward. She's 20 years old. And as the cut writes, she says she raised over a half million dollars in just three days to help with Australian bushfires by offering to send nudes to anyone who sent her proof that they had donated $10 or more to bushfire relief organizations. She wrote, every $10 you donate equals one nude picture from me to your DM. You must send me confirmation that you donated. So the article goes on to explain that she literally had to hire help to go through all of the messages she got to make sure to confirm that the people who were messaging her actually had donated to legit organizations. And uh, by Monday after her posting this, the post had gone viral, got over 73,000 retweets, and she says she raised roughly 700K. She now calls herself the naked philanthropist on social media. Now, I really liked this tweet that she tweeted from the naked philanthropist where she wrote, my IG got deactivated, my family disowned me, and the guy I like won't talk to me all because of that tweet, but fuck it, save the koalas. And honestly, good for her. And to Instagram, I say let her have her Insta back. And this dude and her family is whack. Like, did they not know that she was a sex worker? It, the article says she's a sex worker, but maybe she hadn't done sex work in nudes before this. But nonetheless, I feel like it's kind of unfair for her to dump her for this because this to me is life. 700K, that's on par with what some of the biggest celebrities have been donating. I think Kylie Jenner just donated a million dollars. So I don't know. I say big ups to this girl using nudity for good. Everyone wants to take issue with everything, but I'm into it. And as an aside to all of you guys out there listening, if you don't want to sell your nudes to help with the Australian bushfires, you can follow Lisa Frank on Instagram this week. That's all you have to do. Just follow at Lisa Frank. And Lisa Frank's amazing to begin with, so why not follow her? But for each new follower they gain this week, they are donating $1 to the bushfire relief. So that's my little plug for that. Go do it right now. It's super easy. You can do it while you're listening to this podcast. Next up, it says, it's called, Well, This is Certainly Evocative by Amanda Arnold. So this is about the promo for Gwyneth Paltrow's new show that's coming out on Netflix, and it's called The Goop Lab. They released the trailer and a promo image for it. And it's a, as the cut writes, a full body photo of herself photoshopped in the middle of a pink vortex with the text, Reach New Depths. And by pink vortex, they mean it's basically vagina imagery. And so they go on to write, it's certainly an interesting choice of imagery given that Paltrow's tips pertaining to gynecology have landed her in hot water in the past. For example, she had to pay 140k in civil penalties for the vagine eggs, the jade eggs that you put in your vagine. Uh, and she has also gotten flack from gynecologists for claims such as steaming your vagine will lead to an energetic release and balance your female hormones because according to science it will not so i watched the trailer on this to do a little little extra research and it's only over a minute long it's only a minute and eight seconds and it starts out with Gwyneth saying that when she started goop in 2008 she wanted to do more than to make out with matt damon on screen okay legit during this course, or during the course of this trailer, there's little clips of the things they're going to be covering, you know, like psychics and mediums and healing. And someone mentions that they're having an or an exorcism. And I don't know if exorcism she's referring to another word for something else that's happening, but she straight up says she has an exorcism. So like I said, it covers psychic mediums, and I really can't wait to make fun of it. It looks completely wild, but it also looks like something I'm going to eat up. 
And at the very end of the trailer, it ends on little Gloopy Gwen herself saying, we're here one time, there's one life, how can we really milk this shit out of this? And honestly, that's how I like to live my life too. The more I read about little Gwenny and her privilege, I'm like, maybe we do have more in common than I give her credit for. Because I want to milk this shit out of this life too, like a big old uttered cow. Not to bore you guys with two influencer articles today, but I had to include this one. And since we were already covering Influencers Week this week, I figured I'd throw it in. Uh, It's called, Is This the Most Bizarre Influencer Scam Yet? by Bridget Reed. And I think I cover some weird crap on this podcast, but this might take the cake. So this is the story of a man named Paul Zimmer, who used to be a huge deal on the app Musical.ly, which was actually bought recently or I think within the past year or two by TikTok which is one of the fastest growing super all the rage social media apps these days it's it's movie clips there's like dance it has sort of like a niche content I would say like girls dancing and to me we can talk about that another day but it's kind of disturbing because it's a lot of underage girls dancing kind of sexily who have you know 15 million followers so it's a little weird I'm not into it but okay so Paul Zimmer, he had 7 million followers back on the day in Musical.ly. And I read the cut article and I read the original article. So I learned from the original article that all of these 7 million followers actually transferred to TikTok, which, as I said, is literally one of today's most popular applications. This man, Paul, is supposedly 25, 24 years old right now. And he looks like your basic-ass white boy, brown hair. I mean, like, cute. He looks like the kind of person who would somehow get 7 million teen girls to follow him on Instagram which I really don't know the specific breed of person it takes to do that but you know the look I'm talking about and the cut describes his content as follows doing things like making thirst trap videos of himself lip syncing to R&B songs and flashing his abs with captions like happy black history month oof yikes that's our yikes of the week this week But that's not the juicy part. So they go on to write that Zimmer was disgraced in 2017 after it was discovered that he had been soliciting gifts from his followers via Musical.ly's live streaming app called Lively. Zimmer had promised things like personal videos and DMs for cash donations without actually following through. After the scandal, Zimmer went dark, wiping his YouTube and Instagram accounts, where he had around 1 million followers and remained silent for almost two years. So another thing that the cut article doesn't mention that I found from the original article was apparently at the time where he went dark on social media, he had a fiance named Jamie Rose, who was also popular on the app. And when this all happened and went down, she also deleted all of her social media presence. And here's where things get actually freaky deaky. In October 2019, Zimmer suddenly returned with a post about an actor named Troy Becker, who looks um, exactly like him, him as in Paul Zimmer. He writes, This actor at Troy Becker IG kid literally looks like a younger, sexier version of me, crying, laughing face. I don't even use social media anymore, but I had to post this. Ha ha ha, Zimmer wrote. Becker's Instagram tagged by Zimmer showed an account with very few followers, which Becker, with Becker saying only that he was blessed to be filming my TV show. Zimmer then followed up a few posts later to say that he was retiring from social media but would be giving his accounts and their followers to Becker. 
And he wrote, because he's one of the dopest people I know, and he's literally my younger twin, my much younger twin. I believe Troy's 15 or 16 years old, Zimmer wrote. Not only did it seem like Zimmer was trying pretty poorly, it must be said, to rebrand from an influencer to an actor by pretending to be another person, but that person was very much purportedly a teenager. This announcement post, like the first one he made about Becker, also showed Zimmer with a beard seemingly to make him look older. So if you're not getting the gist of that, basically, Zimmer seems to have made this other fake account called Troy Becker that's supposed to be a teenager, but really it's just pictures of current day Zimmer, who to remind you is 24 years old. So beyond the two accounts having super similar writing styles, uh, internet sleuths found photos of Troy Becker on the Instagram account of an LA-based acting school called The Heller Approach in June, four months before Zimmer reappeared. More evidence supporting the idea that Zimmer was indeed simply trying to legitimize himself for his new career with a hilarious shoddy grift. Furthermore, I got this from the original article uh, from the New Statesman, which says, Becker's IMDb page indicates that the actor may have had doubts of his own. While in its current state, it includes very little information. A cached version shows that Troy Becker's nickname was Paul Zimmer. The page was cached a week before Zimmer did his original side-by-side with his supposed doppelganger. Now, you know we love a scammer on this podcast, and this is a new breed if I've ever seen one. So the cut goes on to write that there's now hundreds of comments on Troy Becker's TikTok saying things like, Paul, it's really creepy you're pretending to be 16. CEO of pretending to be a different person. So allegedly, (laughs) Troy is still posting TikToks where he marvels that people think him and Paul look alike. So the cut ends this with saying, why did this man think he needed to stop being a TikTok star to become an actor? Why didn't he change his name? Why did he want to become a teenager? Why did he think this would work? I have so many questions and yet to answer them might break the magic that is how simply fucking weird the story is. And I agree with the cut. It's so weird. Like this man needs help to change this deranged behavior because this is a new one. I mean, but this is the problem with internet culture is... By doing this deranged behavior, you become known. As someone who is like kind of in with the 15-year-old culture, I have never heard of this man before. And now I am involved. Now I'm following the stupid story. So you know what? Maybe he's more genius than I give him credit for, honestly. Like maybe he made this just easy enough to figure out that it would get people talking about how crazy he is, and he wins in the end. So... The original article was updated to note that Zimmer deleted his Instagram account, deleted his TikToks as Troy, and changed his TikTok handle. So I'm really fascinated to see what this dude does next because it's hard for me to imagine someone in his age, in this day and age, completely abandoning millions of followers Um, because that's the money makers these days let's be real having followers equates to money it equates to ad money it equates to deals so him just sort of getting rid of them and then kind of starting this new scandal for himself because I swear if he had just you know gone off the map for a couple years and come back on people probably would have forgot about his past fuckery because there's so much other fuckery in the world and a lot of social media stars who do way worse I mean 
I got the impression that he was kind of running, it was like a Cameo situation, this Lively app. And Cameo is that thing where you can pay celebs to do a message for you. And I feel like he was just not following through with giving his messages or whatever it was. So while that's really shitty and bad business, I think that he probably had loyal enough fans that this could have been remedied. And instead, he just went this insane route. So who knows? Next article is, I really thought he was going to kill me and bury my body. A romance author accused her husband of poisoning her. Was it her wildest fiction yet? By Leela Shapiro. So this article is a request from Virginia. We haven't done a Virginia request in a while. It's good to have you back, girl. And I have to say that this combines a lot of things I like. True crime, fiction novels, and not just fiction novels, but paranormal romance novels. Twilight who? Intrigue, drama. And I mean, don't we all like that shit? So this lady's name was Sherry Kenyon. And I have to admit, I was going to go into this article more. But the more I got into it and the more I read the comments, I started just feeling kind of bad and dirty about the whole situation. But I still figured it was worth giving you guys a little bit of a plot line scenario so that if you want to look into it more, if you want to read the article, you can. And this is on Vulture, which is a sister article, or I'm sorry, a sister uh, vertical to the cut. We've we've covered some of their stuff before, like the uh, Hallmark Comic Con thing, if you remember that. So basically, she alleges that her husband, her name is Sherry Kenyon. Like I said, she was an author of paranormal romances, and she alleges that her husband and one of her former assistants hatched a Shakespearean plot to murder her by poison. So she filed this complaint um, nine months after her husband had sued for divorce, and it was like this crazy complaint just with all of these weird details and and basically talking about the rudeness of the assistant and how she was kind of interfering with business. But the really shocking stuff was that she alleged that her hair and teeth were falling out because, and she developed nausea, tremors, disorientation, bone loss, facial swelling, and metallic taste, which she attributed to this poisoning by her husband. So the author of this article went to the author's house, which was the same one she had previously lived with her husband at. She has a Bengal cat there. There's little statues of fairies, wizards, raven skulls. And the author of the article was actually at the house for three days. And based on her description, this lady had definitely a flair for the dramatic. But one of her sons, a 19-year-old, was on her side. He says, his name's Ian. He says it definitely happened. There's so much evidence. So he believed his his mom. And as an aside, uh, there's a picture of, Miss Kenyon as a young woman and she so looks like Caitlin Dever from Booksmart so if this shit's made into a movie I nominate Caitlin to play her uh so (laughs) part of the reason I wanted to share this is because this lady's writing is just hilarious so she kind of came to be known for the as the vulture writes the dirty inventiveness of her sex scenes um where she talks about the heroine's cat allergy becoming an issue when she goes down on a half feline wear hunter. She sneezes but perseveres. Some things are worth suffering for, she notes. <laughs> Guys, that's worse than the Bezos text we talked about in the most cursed things of 2019. Like, that's an image I can't get out of my head, so I wanted you to have that. 
And this lady was just straight up quirky. quirky. She'd go to fan conventions. She'd be really great at remembering all of the fans that approached her. And one time she was apparently wearing a three-foot faux black swan as a hat. And allegedly, Nora Roberts, uh, who's a famous, you know, person in that genre, took offense and said it was unprofessional. But the thing was, by 2011, Miss Kenyon was making shit tons of money. She was doing really well with her romance novels, and they were really successful. So, but this is the part where it comes kind of sketch. You don't know whose side to be on. I would definitely say the author of this article did not believe Sherry Kenyon. So I felt like it was a little biased, and she writes that there was an elaborate, you know, who you believe, it depends on who you believe, whether there was an elaborate conspiracy but she gives the other side of what she, I took away that the author thinks happened. So I thought this was pretty juicy because Sherry Kenyon decided that one of her rivals was Cassandra Clare, who writes fiction about shadow hunters, and they have powers and fight demons. And as an aside, her series, The Infernal Devices, Cassandra Clare's, is one of my favorite YA novel series. And I think she might be one of my sister Danny's all-time favorite authors. So it seems like Miss Kenyon got jealous of Claire. And there was another son called Cable, who he does not believe his mom. And he says that she'd stomp around, she'd call Cassandra a fucking whore. So in 2016, Sherry filed a lawsuit against Claire, saying that Claire stole her ideas. And a lot of the literary community took Claire's side on this. And it was kind of at this point where, from people's accounts, Sherry's mental health started to decline. And this is when the divorce papers were served. She didn't appear to be well at conventions. Her book sales were flailing. And I thought this was another juicy part is the author of this article was trying to get quotes from people who had worked with her. And she gets one of them on the phone and tells them that she's writing an an article about Kenyon. And the lady cuts her off and she says, let me just stop you right there. The farther I am from this story, the happier I'll be and hung up the phone. So... Sherry contends that this really had nothing to do with Cassandra Clare and this was really about her husband and a lady that he hired as an assistant and that's when Sherry goes on to say that it was this lady and her husband who kept her in the basement poisoned her and like I said all this is in that super deranged legal complaint she filed and the husband on the other hand says that he came home one night he saw her putting a spell on a rival author he felt it was demonic and like he felt like she was a totally different person at the time and actually it was soon after that that he filed for divorce so the author who spent three days with her says it was like stepping into the world of her fiction an alternate reality where demons lurked behind every door now Kenyon had her blood and hair tested for heavy metals and all of the tests did not come back seeming like she had actually been poisoned and cable her son said she'd always been sick and that her teeth had always been bad that she lived on fast food he says she's by far the most unhealthy person i've ever met her not being sick was rare and this lady just like went a little wild like when she was in court for the divorce case she allegedly called one of her husband's attorneys a fucking liar and randomly brought up pedophilia and i guess now she's no longer working on novels so that was kind of the end of the article which I felt was 
kind of anticlimactic and there isn't a side at the end that says that she dropped her lawsuit against Ken his assistant um but really what was super wild about this were the comments and this is like what I feel like super weird getting into because there's last time I checked 225 comments on this article and it's her family members allegedly like her aunt her son cable just like going at her herself going at it in the comment section and I know that's probably what I should have covered here but I felt like I needed to give you that backstory and like I said I feel like almost too weird and voyeuristic to get in too much into the comments but if you want to go give it a look I won't judge you so that shit's crazy I feel bad for her either way like if she's struggling with her mental health or she did in fact get poisoned by her husband like she's struggling either way and I almost feel like it's almost a common thing when people have that active of an imagination I almost feel like your brain can't work right because and I say that like so sympathetically and like empathetically because I just think the more your brain can think of insane sort of scenarios, the more you can believe those to be true. So I wonder if that's kind of what happened here. But again, would love y'all's thoughts on this. I know I kind of spent a while getting into that and the whole article is even wilder. But you know, I always have my links in my show notes if you want to check anything out. Uh, legit shit this week. So I have two things I thought would be kind of fun for you guys to watch. I've been really into watching expensive taste tests on Cosmo. I was just watching the one Emma Chamberlain did. You know we love Emma Chamberlain on this on this podcast. And she just was on the cover of Cosmo and did one for them. Basically, they test different, like an expensive versus a cheaper thing, like an expensive chocolate versus a cheaper one, bottled water versus tap water. And they have to guess which one's the more expensive one. I actually like, kind of want to do this on my YouTube channel. I might get Kenzie to set it up for me because I think it's so fun. But watch those. They're they're really entertaining. And then the other thing I've been addicted to watching is The Circle on Netflix, which is even cornier. And it's a reality show about these people who live in the same apartment complex, but they can't see each other in person and they just contact each other through social media. And some of them are catfish. But you would never know because you never see them face to face. And eventually one's going to kind of take the crown as the top influencer. Like it's a show that could only exist in this day and age. And it actually started in the UK because my sister watched it over there. And it's just kind of addicting. Like it's so bad. It's like really that kind of mindless trash TV. But at the same time, a really interesting social commentary. So again, if you're into that, give me give me a ring in the DM. And I'd love to talk to you guys. And until next week, I will see you. Bye.